Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hey, this is Laurel. Welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks, a podcast about exactly that, how to make money, how to keep money, how to invest money, how to use a team to become a millionaire in three to five years. So I bring on amazing guests who contribute to these conversations in every way. Some of them are just about making money. Some are about keeping money. Some are about investing. Some is about how to communicate with your team, which is why I have Kim Clark here today. So we're going to talk about communication. We're going to talk about strategy for communication and being effective. So Kim, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Laurel. It's great to be here. And she's got a new book that I have a little bit with. So um, give us a little background about who you are, why this uh, conversation is so important for you. Sure. Uh, I, from a career standpoint, was primarily running internal or employee communications at places like PayPal, GitHub, uh, GoDaddy, for example. And that's primarily communications with employees inside of a company. And uh, when several different uh, social justice situations started to pop up, I saw a lot of pressure on communicators to be able to show up for employees. And that really turned into something I paid more attention to and more intentional in my communication strategy and really being there to help shape culture, to to have the company be a place for uh, communications to lead culture in a way that is really serving our employees in a meaningful way. I've done documentaries. And as you mentioned, I have a book. I co-authored a book. It's called The Conscious Communicator. Uh, the subtitle is The Fine Art of Not Saying Stupid Shit. I, I don't know if you bleep that out or not, but... <laughs> nope, we don't bleep out any of that. Perfect. So why did you write the book? Talk a little bit about your, your book experience. And for all of you that are listening, and we have really, we're in the top 5% of podcasts in the world. So we have a huge listening international audience. So keep that in mind as you speak to our audience, Kim. But you know why write a book? And I think all of you know, I think you all should write a book because it's your brain on paper. And if you want to get some influence and people following you, they got to know your conversation. So- Talk about your book a little. Yeah. So ever since the murder of George Floyd in the summer of 2020, I really took a hard look at how communicators were playing a role in that narrative, in that call to action, and really being there for employees, for companies, how to position them uh, by not saying stupid shit. So when that all happened, I knew I had to help out. I knew I needed to share what I knew about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and bringing that into communications and communication strategies. Because the stories that we're told and what we understand, the stereotypes that we see, the biases that we bring to our communications can make or break a culture, and which can therefore make or break how our company performs. So I really wanted to step in and share this experience that I had with my co-author, who has been a speechwriter for the, uh, the, the CEO of UPS, et cetera. And we combined our forces to share something called the depth model. That's D-E-P-T-H. It's a framework. It's a five-step scalable framework that can really help companies scale and understand how what their lane is 
in this society and these social topics. And it really positions them from a place of strength. It helps them to be proactively strategic and uh, not reactive, not knee-jerk, not check the box, not performative, as a lot of us communicators talk about. So we don't want companies to be off tone. We want people and, and the leaders themselves, companies, the content they put out on social media, et cetera, to be right on the mark to be meaningful and have impact on the communities from which they work and where they serve. I can actually summarize the yeah, book in a way. Jump in, like, just go down the five points. You don't have to go into the detail. They can go out and get your book and uh, set a time to uh, meet with you later in the podcast. But what are those five points of depth? Because I think, you know, COVID changed us as a world, mm -hmm. right? It divided us. It changed us. Um, millennials get a lot of heat for kind of their work. And I love Tom Ziegler's perspective of the work he did on actually saying, you know, it's not just the millennials, it's the older population and culture of work kind of cultures that aren't accepting the fact that they want more flexibility. They want, mm -hmm. I'm going to say work-life balance. They want things that, you know, traditional people who went up and went to you know, work nine to five, just aren't going to do anymore. So it's not that they're not working. They don't want to work the way they've seen their parents work. So talk about those five. I think that could serve a lot of our audience. Yeah, absolutely. So the D in the depth model stands for deliberate, being very deliberate in your messaging. And then it, you follow it with E, educate. So we need to understand the historical and the, and the social context from which we find ourselves and why do we have culture moments such as Black History Month, Women's History Month, et cetera? Why do those things exist? And how can we meaningfully educate and support uh, the content and the people uh, of those communities? Then P is purposeful, really tying into our business's mission, vision, value, purpose. It has to be tied to business objectives. And T is tailored. What is your lane? Nobody's asking for your company to solve all the things, right? It's like, what is your company's lane? What is your unique strength of what you can bring and nobody else? And then it's H, habitual. So you're not just prioritizing when something happens. You actually have a habit. You have proof points. You have progress that people can look back on and say, this this company has been in this work for years in a really meaningful way. So setting that reputation and that track record in place is and the thing about diversity, equity, and inclusion, Laurel, is that there's so many practitioners that have been doing this work that don't even bother with the business case anymore because it has been so proven over and over again that this kind of work is basically the evolution of the business. It's the next transformation of the business. I've been in the business world for a minute. So I remember having a typewriter in my office, you know, before all the the, the gadgets, right? But now we don't even think anything of it with our phones. It's like, that's how business is done. That's what we're going to be getting to with diversity, equity, inclusion. It's just going to be how our businesses are run. It's normal. This is the way it's done. This is how we meet our business goals. This is just the rhythm of our business. I love that. So give me some highlights. I mean, you know, the, the, uh, the George Floyd, you know, death and just like, there's just, there's, there's so much perspective. Talk a little bit about how media has, and I'm going to use the word might be my judgment. I'm clear. It's my judgment. I think the media has corrupted this nation and skewed it in, in multiple ways. It's not just to the left or the right. 
But talk about media now. I mean, journalism was this trusted force of communication and especially in the conversations that you're having, right? In these topics, it's really, really, really corrupt. And I think most of the world sees it. So how would you speak to that? And what would you say to the audience that doesn't know how to listen to it other than, I mean, it's kind of interesting entertainment at this point. Well, you you just made the point right there is that <laughs> the way the journalism has changed is that it's become opinions rather than investigation or based on fact or, uh, you know, uh, provable, right? Uh, so it's really, we're we're conflating what opinion may be versus actual news this happened so there's this framework called the drama triangle for example and you have a victim villain and a hero if you just pull one of those off the rest of them fall apart but we we have a story construction style within the media uh with their goals around advertising advertisers revenue you know, the whole you I'm sure you're very familiar with clickbait and all of those things. And just to try to, to be as eye catching or as absurd or as opinionated or as polarizing as possible in order to hit those numbers rather than seeing the collateral damage that is happening where we don't have a whole lot of great role models on how to have these conversations that really need to be had and are introduced pretty recently because of the murder of George Floyd. We don't know how to have these conversations within our businesses. So we either have bad examples or no examples. So it's a skill, which is what the book is trying to help out with building those skills to have the conversations, because it's basically just how the company needs to be moving forward is being our capacity to have these conversations. Because the differences between colleagues and teams leaders, uh, you know, uh, through race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, disabilities, gender, gender expression, etc. The differences aren't actually the problem. It's the polarization around those differences that's causing the problem. And it's a sense of separation that DEI communications is offering the opportunity to say, let's have the conversation where we're keeping everyone's dignity intact. Mm, that's brilliant. So Kim, talk about like three things that people need to know to be a conscious communicator. Like give us some, give us some things. So all of you listeners get out a pen and paper and start writing. If you haven't, you have to go back to the beginning if you haven't been taking some notes. So what are, give us some things to do. Think about One is uh, DEI is in the details. So what I mean by that is everybody, even if you're not a communicator within an organization, if you're a business leader, if you post on social, you're a content creator. You are a communicator, even if it's not a part of your particular role. So looking at how you can be as inclusive and as representative as possible within the language that you use, the visuals that you use. And so understanding that these details really are very, very meaningful. So DEI is in the details. Another one is that language leads to behavior. Mm -hmm. So if we want to have a more cohesive workforce within our, our company, within our real estate investment group, within our masterminds, et cetera, then really using the language that has that level of respect uh, and, and uh, the power of listening, et cetera, that's going to matter a lot. So if we want to kind of shift our culture to be more inclusive or however we want to shift our culture where more people from a variety of backgrounds and experiences can safe, can 
be in a safe work environment, then we need to use the right language. Language leads to that behavior. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is, is basically what I said in my previous response, which is keeping everyone's dignity intact. Other people, so I, I'm coming off of my perspective of what, how I grew up, who raised me, the education, the neighborhood I was in, the faith I was raised in, et cetera. So I have this limited experience. So the biggest takeaway that I would love for the listeners to take away is that other people are having a different experience. And so when I keep that in mind, that other people are having a different experience, I may not understand that experience, but I'm going to validate and believe that they are having a different experience. And it is my place not to cross the line and try to change somebody because I don't understand something, but then using communication and inclusive inclusivity, et cetera, using the DEIs and the details, that language leads to behavior, ultimately to keep that dignity intact as human beings. So we can really create that connection that communications desires to create. So Kim, talk about the abs, I'm gonna call them the absolutes, right? Um, so the absolutes, so, you know, what resonated for me is, you know, we do, as you know, an amazing amount of social posting, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people are, a lot of people are, if, you know, to be successful in any business, you've got to be out here on this lovely thing called the internet. I call it the bathroom wall because anybody mm-hmm. can write anything and it's in permanent graffiti. You don't get a delete. There's no delete button out here. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to be very conscious about that. So what would be some absolutes like, God, don't ever do that to people that are, are that are doing social posting. Now, I'm not talking about those who intentionally do it to be polarizing, but what are some language patterns or some language structures, I'll call them, that they, they would just derail the that, that inclusivity that you're talking about? And there's gotta be some absolutes that are just, when you say these couple words or these words or these patterns, you're, you're immediately gonna have a polarizing effect. One umbrella thing that we can look to is what are we centering or who are we centering in our communications? So mm-hmm. if we're only talking through our own lens and we're we're kind of not acknowledging that there's other experiences based on whatever this event was, then we're really missing out on the opportunity in providing more education and support for people who are having those experiences. Another example, if if I were to look at last summer, Last summer had Juneteenth in the United States. Uh, it was also Pride Month, for example. Something that Walmart chose to do from a marketing and a product standpoint is to put out ice cream. That was a Juneteenth ice cream and a Pride ice cream. So they even trademarked uh, the term Juneteenth. That's not something that should belong to Walmart. <laughs> and Juneteenth isn't an ice cream. Uh, so commoditizing something that has such deep history uh, to the United States in particular, um, and then making an ice cream out of pride when there's over 500 bills that are anti-LGBTQ+, and putting people like me as a gay woman in danger, physical danger. It's that kind of thing where it's like, let's think through this and let's put a process in place where we're getting more feedback and saying, okay, let's play this out. Let's play this scenario out. And so Let's see where this goes. If we were to do a Juneteenth ice cream, what would happen? And then having the team that can give you that honest feedback to say, well, here's one scenario. And then you're going to weigh the risks. That's what businesses do, either to go for it 
uh, or be accused of optics and a PR spin and those kinds of things, or commoditizing, uh, you know, a cultural event that belongs to a community outside of Walmart, for example. So we don't want to commoditize something that is very sacred uh, to communities. We don't want to culturally appropriate. Uh, so one client that I worked with a lot would constantly say, let's powwow about this on Tuesday. And I have Native American heritage. So of course my ears perked up and, and I'm like, how about we say <laughs> we'll meet on Tuesday without bringing in the Native American culture and customs and traditions. Yeah. So that's the beauty of inclusive communications is that it not only helps us be more clear in our communication to create that connection that we actually desire from our communications, it really helps people who are, English as a second or third or fifth language, understand what we're saying. It just cleans us up and creates more of that understanding and that that connection that we we actually want from our communications. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to ask another question. I'm kind of going back and forth as you know me. I'm going to ad lib. I know some. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what does writing the book fit with your business model? Like, I think mm -hmm. for a lot of you, you you don't realize like this boosted my business by millions, right? right? So writing a book with just casual intention versus in massive intention, right? So speak to the intention, like what did it do to your business model to reach revenue goals? Because I don't care how sexy these are. This was McGraw-Hill printed. This is a brochure to a bigger part of the relationship that I want with people. So talk about yours. And I've heard you interview other people uh, on this podcast that talks about it as being a brochure. So I actually wrote that with your guidance, with your voice in my head, thinking of that. And so when I was writing the book, it was both basically to codify what diversity, equity, and inclusion communications is. It defines it. It sets the problem, the context, the consequences of not making the adjustments necessary in your communications. Uh, you know, from a talent standpoint, from a brand reputation standpoint, a sales customer basis, if you don't understand what DEI is as part of your business model, for example, you're going to miss out on a whole bunch of different uh, populations and, and sales opportunities than more than you know. So I wanted people to understand that there is a connection here of what we say and what we do and provide a framework to help people get in that position of strength. So they can get unstuck if they are feeling like, oh, I can't say that thing. And I'm afraid of saying anything because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. Well, we, we just, it just takes practice and we're going to make mistakes. It's, it's a, part of the learning experience of anything that's new. So it's just this way of trying to approach to people, hey, you can do this. And this is why it's important to your business and perhaps the legacy that you'd like to leave. Yeah. So what's the next step from your book? Like what is your business intention from the book? And go ahead and talk about where you want people to go and follow up with you and uh, uh, set up an appointment, have a conversation. Yeah, I really want people to get this groundwork from the book, understanding what DEI is. I want you to feel confident that you can get into this work and see the urgency and see the importance and the value of what this brings to you, not only internally with the teams that you work with, the vendors, the contractors, the suppliers, but also with your customers. So that part has helped me be able to point to the book and say, hey, this is what DEI communications is. I don't have to repeat a lot of things. I can just basically point them to the book. And from there, hiring me and my team to come in 
train your communicators to uh, look what to look for. What is a DEI lens on our everyday communications work? That's something I can help with. I can help you avoid you know, saying stupid shit, basically with the processes, your systems, building out the infrastructure and relationships with your teams, et cetera. So there's a lot of that education and support that uh, my team provides at Kim Clark Communications. And also, uh, you know, keynote speaking for sure. There's a lot of associations and conferences that I speak at and ongoing consulting for a variety of different projects that, uh, and it's custom to what your culture is and where you want it to go. Because as I mentioned, language leads to behavior. So I'd love to have a conversation with anybody who has questions. Undoubtedly, y'all have questions. Laurel, I'm sure you have more questions. (laughs) So it's an ongoing conversation. So come and ask me questions, set up some time with me at tinyurl slash DEI communications. Yeah, we'll put that down in the show notes as well as the transcript of it. Uh, Last question I want to follow up with. You've been in our big table in our community for a while. What's changed with your business, your revenues, just your perspective of how to live corporate life now that you've been completely exposed at the big table to all of this? Complete 180. I mean, I basically do what you tell me to do, Laurel. Uh, (laughs) And I have moved very, very fast. I've gone from... Uh, a sole proprietor who was $70,000 in tax debt to uh, within a year being incorporated, having my trust, uh, being profitable, all the taxes are paid off. Uh, The most recent tax year, I only paid 5,000 in taxes versus 35,000 for the last few years as a sole proprietor. So my entities are in place. I've I've shifted my lazy assets, uh, as you call them. Uh, so while I'm in this revenue genera- generating place right now with the book and the work that comes out of the book, at the same time, I'm working with investment groups uh, as part of the big table. Well, and I just want to acknowledge that you do it. That's uh, those of, you know, there's uh, some little naysayers out on the internet and I say they didn't do the work. I mean, anybody complaining about anything when you do the work, this stuff works. So uh, Mm -hmm. I appreciate you for doing the work because it takes a little bit to shift and live corporate life. And I'm going to say, have some responsibility to uh, learn your money and take it to the next level. So good luck with your book. We're going to continue to work on your launch, your keynotes, and uh, look forward to continuing to work with you. And uh, those of you, again, who want to, uh, not only get, where can you get your book? Is it on Amazon right now? Can they go out and grab yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely everywhere. Yep. Okay, Conscious Communicator. Go out and grab it. And in the show notes is the link to uh, meet with Kim privately. And you can have your own one-on-one conversations and take that relationship where you need to. Kim, thanks for being on today. And I uh, look forward to more with you. Thank you for all you do. Absolutely. And the rest of you, if you have any questions, go to asklaurel.com, A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L.com. Ask any question 24-7. We are out there helping support you on your journey for business and finance. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. 
Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.